Hey everybody, welcome to the In All Things podcast. It's time to see God in everything. All right, everybody, welcome to the In All Things podcast. This is technically episode 11. We're recording a little bit out of order because we are doing a live podcast this Sunday at church. Um, But by the time you listen to this, this will be episode 11, and we will be getting very close to the end of our first season of this show. Uh, My name is Mitch Frost. I'm here with Pastor Steve Markle, and today we have a really special guest, Mr. Chase Smith. What's going on, Chase? Hey, Mitch, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Of course. This is super exciting. Um, If you don't know, Chase uh, was my kind of youth ministry professor when I was at Mm. OCU, and since I've graduated from there, he's become a mentor and close friend for me, so Mm. this is kind of like worlds colliding today, uh, bringing Chase here to this podcast. So this is super exciting. Um, but what I want to do to start is just kind of have you introduce yourself, um, talk a little bit about where you work, your family, mm-hmm. those kind of things, just so those listening can know a little bit more about you. So the yeah. floor is yours. Thanks, man. How you doing, Pastor yeah, Steve? Good. It's good to see yeah, you, man. Excited to, excited to have you here. I think we met for the first time when you came for Mitch's ordination. Yeah, Spoke yeah. That, that was, was awesome. That Appreciate was an honor. That. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. very exciting. Um, so I am a student pastor and worship leader at Grove City Vineyard in outside of Columbus, Ohio. I've been in full-time ministry for 12, 12 and a half years, um, which uh, is, is a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's a loaded word, but it's, it's great. We love it. And uh, I've been married for 12 years in November. We have two kids, a six-year-old little girl and a one-year-old little boy, uh, and uh they're fun too, <laughs> <laughs> which is also a loaded word. Very right? loaded word, <laughs> right? No, very blessed. Um, and I, I love I love ministry. I am still employed at Ohio Christian University. I, mm-hmm. I just um, I, I don't. Well, it's not public, so I guess this is breaking news for people that care. <laughs> I, I am going to be no, no longer teaching yeah. there uh, in the spring semester. Yeah. Um, just uh, you know, seasons of life, and um, th- that season. Um, you know, it, teaching is very hard, mm-hmm. and and people that taught before COVID, you know, very underappreciated. And then COVID comes along, and it just amplifies the difficulty. Um, and and I found that uh, when your calling is full time ministry, and and to your family, um, teaching requires more than mm. what maybe I, I could give it. Um, yeah. And the tension of knowing what it requires and what I couldn't give it was just, it wasn't a fun place to live. Mm-hmm. So, um, stepping down, which I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, so yeah, that's kind of who I am. I'm, did I say I'm the student pastor and worship leader? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got that part. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I'm very thankful that you were at OCU when you were, oh, I know that it's kind of a season that's passing now for you, which, um, we've talked a little bit more about, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm excited for you because I do think, you know, it, it is very time consuming and mind consuming. And so mm-hmm. to step out of that and, and give your heart more to the things that you care about, I think is, is a good thing. You know, even Thanks, if it man. feels yeah, it was four or five years and they brought me on to kind of update the program. Yeah. My wife and I are graduates of OCU. We went through the program and it hadn't been updated, changed, touched in three plus decades, mm-hmm. um, which in ministry is just is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so we're able to do that. Very proud of the work. Um, and I'm excited for the religion department as a whole and the direction they're going. Um, but it's just, yeah, yeah. time yeah. for new things, man. You you subs- substitute <laughs> taught for a while, right? Uh, just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, when I was a youth pastor at the first church, that they there was a Christian school that needed a Bible teacher. Mm-hmm. And 
my pastor said, you know, I know how much I pay you. So if you want to go yeah. do something on the side. Yeah. And I think I taught ninth grade Bible for a couple semesters. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this yeah. is I, no, this is not youth ministry. It's not no, the same. Yeah. Wait, how long were you in student ministry? Ten years. Okay. Ten years. I'm watching you guys thinking about it. And my my uh, youth ministry professors at Liberty were like okay. the most impo- impactful in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just saw they were together. There was four of them, and one of them has passed. But three of them were together last weekend. They had a picture on Facebook of the three of those guys. Oh, that's and cool. Such an impact. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so – yeah, ten years. It's like everybody we bring so far is going to be a student pastor mm-hmm. of some sort. So we, yeah, you know, it's kind of a unique yeah. group. Do you still mm-hmm. talk to the youth department at Liberty? Derek Idol is like, kind of oversees that now. I think. Yeah, I, I don't I know, know him. Yeah, but no, mm-hmm. I I do a few. Yeah. Well, some of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Derek it's was changed. the student pastor at Twelve Stone in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Shouts Atlanta Braves World Series baby. There we go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Producer. Jared. By the time this comes out, Derek will either be happy or not. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think to over, took over a couple years ago. Okay, um, yeah. But he, he's just phenomenal. You're right. Like, dynamic yeah. guy. Yeah, so. I've seen some yeah. of his stuff. So that's yeah. yeah, cool. Very yeah, cool. very cool. Yeah. yeah. We don't need Mitch for this podcast. We no, can just do I'm our just own gonna thing. I'm just going to head out. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, just go. About. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Student ministry. Oh, I love it. I mean, that's my – I still, like, I snuck in here last night to watch. Uh, they had – Mitch had baptisms last night. It was awesome. And went to camp with him this summer. Yeah. I just love it. And, you know, even though you – have seasons of life where mm-hmm. things change and I never felt like I was completely out of student ministry. Just, yeah. Yeah. What was that transition? Like, sorry, I want to ask a question uh, Do what, it. like going from student ministry to like lead. Pastor yeah. That's, yeah. I planted a church actually went from, Oh yeah. I guess that makes sense. So that's yeah. Kind went of the, from, that's, that's the play. I yeah. I went from student <laughs> ministry to planning a church. Actually uh-huh. I was looking for a church to assume and it wasn't everything I was finding was old, outdated and it would have been a big, Hmm. struggle so yeah. to do it the way I wanted to do it so planted a church and it was um I don't know it kind of naturally happened it, mm-hmm. it wasn't it was good they brought in somebody to replace me that I uh, kind of worked with for six months nice trained them. Yeah, so it was great. really yeah smooth transition I, I was done I, I mean done in the fact of no more lock-ins <laughs> no more camps for a while I was just you know a time of life it was it was right yeah. so it was yeah. good. Yeah. You'll know when it's time, if it's supposed to be. Some people are, I know guys that are 50 years old that are my age that are still yeah. doing student ministry. Mm-hmm. So it really depends. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And also you have a podcast network. Oh, so yeah. even though you're a guest on our podcast, you know, we're trying to impress you. We're going to need a great. <laughs> well, I'm of very this. impressed. This uh, is good, good stuff here, man. But no. yeah, tell us a little bit about that as well. I don't need to be impressed. I'm uh, no, no one of <laughs> significance. Um, yeah. So I, uh, love podcasts and it started I'm also a fan of the Browns mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns and I just wanted to listen to more content listen to more people talk about the Browns and so like in 2006 I was a freshman at Marshall University and I was like I've got to just hear more about the Browns and uh, iTunes launched this new random thing called a podcast and I was like well what is this and I found a Browns couple I was like this is amazing it's like <laughs> radio at your fingertips you can control right. and I uh, was just consumed and automatic like in love with it from then. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just being uh, like in worship and working with tech and audio and live audio, um, it just felt like, well, that's not too hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so explored a little bit in college. Um, and uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But when I was uh, engaged to my wife to be married, um, I went ahead and started pastoring in North Carolina and she stayed in Ohio to plan the wedding and everything. And so I was bored and I was like, well, I'm going to start a podcast mm. um, and got it on iTunes. I actually made it to the new and noteworthy section, which was cool. 
Um, and it was just talking Browns and sports with my friends and we'd do different things. Um, but once we got married, I was like, nah, that was fun. <laughs> do other things. And, but that just kind of like planted the seed of, okay, like I feel like I, I know how to do it. People seem to respond well to it. And it was just always there. So I, for a couple churches I worked at, I would launch their sermon podcast or do that. Um, and I was like, well, man, why aren't I doing this? Like if I l- love doing that, like mm-hmm. why aren't I doing that for myself? At the time I was in Chicago and I was taking classes at Second City and Improv Olympic IO, which is another like comedy writing mm-hmm. school place. It's where a lot of like the SNL people come from, Farley, Tina Fey, like all the like all those people come from there. Um, and uh, started a Browns a Browns podcast. Um, it was the guy I didn't know. Um, well, actually, I'm sorry. I started my podcast. Um, started my podcast, and one of the episodes was about the Browns. And I just found this guy on Twitter who had a ton of followers. I didn't know him. I said, "Hey, you want to come on my?" podcast and talk browns he's like yeah 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 um and people loved it so i was like well hey what if we just did an all browns podcast he's like yeah 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 and i was like awesome <laughs> um and uh just kind of immediately like we we ended up charting on, on itunes which was really really cool to see your podcast above shacks and so cold steve austin's mm-hmm. you're like this is this is wild like what's mm-hmm. what's happening um and then i also like the cleveland cavaliers so i was like well hey what if i talk about the Cavs and and uh, this, my friend now, friend Jeremy, was like, well, hey, I know this guy who writes for Fox Sports and Sports Illustrated. you want to talk with him? I was like, yeah. And so all of a sudden, the Sports Illustrated guy is hosting this Cavs mm. podcast with me. He's like, oh, man, you want to get credentials and come and go to a Cavs game and talk? I was like, yeah, it'd be awesome. So all of a sudden, it's like, this is just amazing. Um, yeah. I was like, well, hey, if I could do this a couple times, what if happens if I did it a couple more times? And mm. just started um, bringing shows and people together and uh, just – or three, we just celebrated three years on the 22nd of October. So, yeah, things are going great. Awesome. Um, I was actually in class at, in Circleville uh, a couple months ago, and we were talking about Sabbath and how important it is to take a rest and avoiding burnouts. It was, it was in our new class, Events, Camps, and Conferences, which is a really fun class. I'm really pumped for the program there. I know I'm not going <laughs> to be there, but I really am. I think it's great. And we're talking about not overscheduling and um, uh, just uh, making sure you you have time for – uh, your personal self and, and your faith and your family, um, but also ministry. And what does that look like? And so we're talking about what what do you do to recharge? And um, and I and I realized that well, man, podcasts like it's it's a job now. Like mm-hmm. I I I do feel recharged after I work on the network and podcast and recording, but I might need something else to right. <laughs> to, right. to recharge right. from that. Um, and that's probably another reason why I'm stepping down is because I want to devote more time yeah. to the network and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, press play podcasts, pressplaypodcast.com. Yeah. Hey, and the Browns are actually good now. Right? Yeah, well, so yeah, we, we launched fun, po- right? that podcast in 2017. So we went to win one game and then zero games. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I would not recommend starting a podcast. Right. Um, but no, Browns fans are the craziest and the best all at the same time. Um, but. Yeah. So well, that's awesome. So yeah, man, I love I love podcasts. This is my first video podcast. Yeah. So, so. I'm probably slouching hey. and hitting the table and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Look at you guys. You guys are on it. You're already, yeah, already hands yeah, to your <laughs> yeah. Um, but thanks for having me. This is this yeah. is I'm excited yeah, to talk. Awesome. We're talking ministry and culture and yeah. stuff, right? Yep. So uh one of the first things that kind of caught my attention about you. Um, when I was a freshman and I started taking classes with you and uh, at OCU and things like that, one of the first things that just grabs my attention about you was your take on culture. 
uh, and on the world around us. And so I just wanted to unpack that a little bit, um, especially with just the different perspectives we even have here at this table. Um, I, there, there's a really hot topic conversation in the church of secular versus um, sacred, right? Like, wh- like where's this line between uh, what we're allowed to do and what we're and all this stuff. And so I thought, yeah, what better person to talk about it than somebody like you, oh, who right <laughs> off the bat, um, you know, you just kind of caught my attention with your take on what we do with the world around us. So mm-hmm. um, I just want to kind of unpack that a little bit, if that's good with everybody here. Uh, if not, then I'm going to say too bad because that's what we're doing. <laughs> well, um, but one of the first things that you got me with was it was one of the first days in class with you, okay. and you started talking about this thing called a zeitgeist. Oh yeah. And uh, the phrase you kept saying was exegete the zeitgeist. Right. And for those listening that maybe aren't super involved in the church world, that doesn't sound like English. Um, so <laughs> can you just unpack that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, where did that come from? Uh, what does it mean? And we'll just kind of start there. Yeah, I learned the word zeitgeist in Chicago at I.O. Um, a teacher, his name is Michael McCarthy, used to write for SNL, Sesame Street, Whose Line Is it Anyway, The Drew Carey Show. Um, and he kept saying that word. And I was very similar. I was like, what? That word, is, it sounds intense. Like, what is going on? And um, this essentially means, like, what's kind of trending, like, the, the current hot topics of, of what of the day, mm-hmm. um, how that always evolves, how that definition uh, is fluid in its answer because those current trends, topics, what's popular, there's always evolving, but Zeitgeist captures that in, in that definition. Um, and so I was like, oh, that, that, that makes sense. That, 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 that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as uh, I transitioned to Columbus, ended up at OCU, um, I was like, well, man, I, I think culture is is awesome and mm-hmm. incredibly important. And uh, in student ministry, students are engaging with culture all the time. And sometimes they're setting the culture, and sometimes they're subverting the culture. And um, like that, it just in my ministry brain was like, oh my gosh, I just was screams like all the student ministry potential and yeah. you know, and how to. to to communicate that to future ministers. Right. Um, I don't use that word with students. Like, mm. like I don't say, hey, what's going on in the zeitgeist, everybody? <laughs> right, like, right. It's not like <laughs> sure. I'm talking to middle school students right. about zeitgeist. Um, but to a bunch of students who said, hey, I want to go to a small Bible college. Mm. I want to devote the next, hopefully, four years of my life to training and putting myself in a position to be in full-time ministry. I felt like that was a great word to mm-hmm. kind of um, communicate culture for students. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and in Bible college, you, you learn how to study the Bible, how to read the Bible mm-hmm. for all it's worth. It's actually a book. I reckon it's a good book. Um, <laughs> but one of the uh, strategies, and uh, you have to exegete a scripture. You just have to like mm-hmm. parse it or see what it says in the original Greek or Hebrew, yeah. and then cross-reference that and all sorts of stuff. And that's kind of like part of the exegetical process. Another big word I don't know <laughs> in everyday <laughs> ministry. Um, but but I saw that I was like, well, man, I f- feel like there's this perfect marriage between how do we as ministers, as pastors, um, as people who have been called to speak to students and pastors alike as mm-hmm. well, um, how can we exegete, take that kind of like breaking down uh, what's going on in, 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 in word form and how can we break that down in, in life form and mm-hmm. culture with, with trends? Yeah. What does it mean um, when someone, I don't even know what's, what's, trending now (laughs) um yeah so how how can we take what's trending and how can we communicate that 
in a in the in a kingdom giving life giving yeah. way to someone who might not think that it could be that way yeah for sure um, and so that's where all that kind of came from mm-hmm. and um, and I just wanted to communicate that to students from the yeah. very beginning and yeah. as long as I was there I wanted students to know hey like it's you, you have to be aware of culture yeah it's in student ministry right uh, and, and that was just a way I wanted to yeah. help students not be consumed by culture but be a student and to engage with it in a biblical worldview right and that's kind of what for you um has this approach changed or like it was it different when you were in school for student ministry was this approach maybe it wasn't called exegeting the zeitgeist but what was the was it similar it was like, similar yeah. actually yeah i mean i at liberty university their youth ministry department was on the cutting edge yeah, it, it always, always was been, yeah. yeah and it was always about embracing the culture not hating the culture you know yeah, right. embrace it and know what's going on if you want to be effective as a student pastor you've got to know what your students are doing what they're mm-hmm. thinking um what's what's trending but mm-hmm. as you're talking it's like it's it's crazy that we separate that from adult ministry as if mm-hmm. that we don't need to be in touch with what's going on mm-hmm. as, right. as lead pastors as mm-hmm. we're talking and working with adults. So I think it's not something that ends. It's maybe, maybe it's more magnified when there are students because they're so. Yeah. Well, and I think with students too, you have this like six through 12th grade and, and that's it. It's, it's very defined. And the, the, the students are going through a lot of changes, right? Their whole world changes. They become young men right. and women by the time mm-hmm. they graduate high school, hopefully. Um, with adult ministry, you, you go from 18 to period, right? <laughs> right like, right. and that's such a huge it is. range. Yeah. And right. so I, maybe it's still important to say, how, how can we talk about justice or politics or what's going on in the world to that group of people? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is incredibly important mm-hmm. in the health of a church. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you, you brought up a great point and that's partially why I wanted to have this conversation today because I mm-hmm. think. Um, even in, like you said, 18, 18 through period, right? Like there's such a <laughs> wide uh, range of people that the church reaches or tries to reach. And I think so many of us do live that separated kind of life where we kind of say, okay, I have my spiritual life and I have the rest of my life. And I just think that those walls um, maybe shouldn't exist the way that we define them. Um, and so I just want to dive a little bit deeper into well, that today. The You asked what's the difference between secular and sacred, right? Or mm-hmm. like w- what that looks like. And, yeah. and I think there is tension there. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think everything is sacred. Mm. Um, I, I think everything can be redeemed. Mm. Okay. Um, but I am not sacred from the jump. Right. Like, I need to be redeemed. Right. You need to be mm-hmm. redeemed and made holy. And even way back from the Old Testament, they couldn't go into the Holy of Holies until... Like they were redeemed and viewed as, oh, now you can be in the presence of God. And right. so like exegeting the zeitgeist is a part of that is understanding what, well, hey, like what you are exegeting isn't, it's not holy. It is yeah. not right. under this lens of like this biblical worldview. So how can right. we who are in the process every day of being made new, mm-hmm. how can we do that and, and redeem that? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a new Adele single or right. or whatever, yeah. like that's here's what that looks like in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And She's back, by the way, for those listening. Yes. Adele is back. <laughs> She's on the top. It's been a long time. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, no, I I completely agree. So, um, which I think that's interesting. You know, I don't think everything is everything can be redeemed, but everything is sacred. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's 
Um, I'd, I'd rather say everything can be. Re- Sometimes people say nothing is wasted. Right. That's a lot of negative words. Nothing mm. is negative. Not wasted. <laughs> I don't like negative words. I think everything can be redeemed. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Even the things you don't think can be re- like no, the, they can be redeemed too. Right. Which is kind of the point of this podcast. This boom. This, this yeah. There you name, go. In all things. <laughs> this name That's is right. based off of Romans eight twenty eight. Right. In all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Right. And, and if that's true, then uh, everything is redeemable. Right. Yeah, so that that 100%. point does stand. And, and as I was preparing this kind of idea, I kept going back to which this is maybe going to pose an interesting question or topic here. But first Corinthians 1031. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So uh, I think it it connects to your point that everything is redeemable. But I think the danger of this kind of um, everything is sacred, everything is spiritual kind of topic or, or language is what happens is, okay, well, I cheated on my, my wife. Well, hey, guess what? I'm doing it for the glory. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do we have this, uh, like, where's the, the, where's the line between leveraging culture, using culture for what God can redeem, but not just excusing everything because, oh, well, I'm, everything can be used by God. Everything's for the glory of God, everything, yeah. whatever. You know, how do right. we live in this tension? I, That's I, a great lead pastor <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> Steve? Uh, yeah. We're just some student pastors. Oh, yeah, so. no, now <laughs> we're going to go there. I just, as I'm listening, I'm thinking about, where do we start? Like when we're mm. as pastors, where do we start with? And I think we start with the Bible. We mm-hmm. start with the Word of God, and I think you, you, if you start with culture and then you try to make that the basis for what you do and how do we redeem everything? How about we start with what the Bible says and then we apply that in every area of our lives? Yeah, you got to have an anchor. You got to have a center right. to which everything else kind of like is like whirlpools around. Right. And we, if it's right. not the Bible, then I think it opens the right. door for yeah. I mean, too many churches, I think, over the over a period of time, have just put the blinders on to what the world's doing. Let's just teach the word of God and and then ignore all that. But you have to bring that in, and yes. you have to be relevant and know what's going on in the world, be able to talk mm-hmm. about it, and not be afraid to talk about yeah. the tough topics and how God is, you know, working in those things. How we can right. react to those things, how we should react. What would yeah. Christ do in that situation? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't think it, it's hard to be relevant. The Bible is the most relevant book, oh, well, yeah. and it's going to be relevant, you know, forever until Christ right. returns, right? right? Like, right. it's not like right. it, there, it takes an effort to be relevant when you read the Bible, um, but it's how can we communicate that? Right. Well, like, what's on your wrist, that band, the, the HWLF? He yep. would love first. So when I was a youth pastor, it was... Right. The I mean, what would Jesus do? Everybody. I was when they were the crazy. But, you know, that went away. But really, that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you come back to it, that mm-hmm. is it. What would Jesus do? He would love first. And really, when we think of all that we deal with, with culture and with people, and that's what we're, we're in. We're in the people business. We love people, mm-hmm. and we want to reach people. It's all about embracing them where they are, loving them where they are, and uh, just like Jesus would. So I think the key is looking back at the Gospels and mm-hmm. seeing how Jesus interacted with people. I think that's a big, big place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think— that's a great, you know, kind of first point in this conversation. I think we have to live in this tension between, yes, leveraging and, and living in the culture, but also mm-hmm. um, not letting that compromise the truth of the gospel, right? I think that we have to live kind right. of in there, especially as pastors, but I think as, as anybody listening, um, anybody who is a Christ follower, like, you know, yes, you can mm-hmm. engage in the culture, right? Yeah. Like, we all, we're, there's no way out of it, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but, I think one of the dangers of that, though, is living and being in the culture and having like people think that you affirm yeah like yes. what what they do and yeah. right and how they live like yeah. that that's a, a very easy danger to kind of slip into right 
because that's not what we want either, right? right? And and that's kind of the point I was trying to make by bringing up this verse. You know, we what's can't the point read... I was trying to make. Well, no, bringing I, up that I, verse. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of the that that's the trouble that this presents, right? Because yeah. you can read, do it all for the glory of God, and think, okay, mm-hmm. then then we can do it all, whatever we yeah. want for the glory of God, right? And that's not what we're really talking about here. So yeah, I mean, if I use an illustration uh, about a certain show that I'm watching with my wife on Netflix. Am I, by saying that, affirming everything that that show's promoting? Well, no, it's not. But that tension goes through my mind as I talk. Should I Mm -hmm. even mention this? But that's very relevant, something that everybody's watching. You see what Pastor Steve was watching? Oh, man. Is it okay? Let's not tell anybody. (laughs) So it's like that that tension there. But you want to know what's going on and what people are seeing, what people are watching, what people are thinking about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a strong tension. Yeah, definitely. So... What do we? What do we? Where do we stand? Do we believe that zeitgeist, trending culture, pop culture, whatever we call it, do we believe it's a friend or a foe to the church? Is it either? Does it fit in either category? What What would we say it is? Does it hurt or does it help? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you met people that hate it? <laughs> I grew up in a church. I hated it. Right. Like, so, so maybe yeah. talk more about that. Like, what does that look like for somebody who? hates current culture or zeitgeist. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the preaching is against it. Everything, you know, everything that doesn't look and act and behave a certain way is definitely the enemy. Mm-hmm. And I and I, and I I think, though, I mean, any church like that would say, oh, but our goal is to reach them for Christ, but you are the way you're going about it isn't going to reach the far from God people. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think it's definitely not our enemy. We should embrace it. Jesus didn't. Nobody's our enemy. Jesus died for all people. And just like on your sweatshirt oh, there. Yeah. I mean, I, I keep saying that love your neighbor means mm-hmm. everybody in yeah. every situation, no matter their background, no matter what they're from. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's though, that's a, a constant tension that we have to have is being in the world, but not of the world. All the, all, all the things we've heard. Well, I think that also brings into this conversation as well. Love is not acceptance, right? We have, right. I think that we have to talk about that. Jesus, you know, he didn't say, Hey disciples, you know, I love you so much. So therefore, I'm never going to change you. I'm not going to critique you. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do any of that. Well, the woman caught in adultery is a right. great example of how like, he dealt with love her. is not acceptance. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. for us living today, you know, just because we're in the culture, we leverage the culture, we talk about the culture, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to mean acceptance. And I think we've put those things together to where, okay, if I love you, then everything you do is fine by me. And that's not exactly true. I would actually argue that. True love actually sharpens and critiques and, and mm-hmm. says, hey, in this area, you fell short. You need to do this. You need to walk this way. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't think love is acceptance. I don't know if you guys yeah, have anything. No, I think anytime we try to define God's grace on our own terms, uh, we, we fail. Anytime we try to put God's love in a box, God's love always finds itself outside of that box. And mm-hmm. it's always bigger than the box that we put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's just kind of what I've learned about, you know, looking at God's love in the Bible and what does that look like in real life? Anytime I've seen people or myself try to, you know, put God's love in a box or try to define grace in my own terms, it's just, it always, always fails. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, we have to live in this nuance of, well, like God's love never ends and there's nothing we can do that can separate us. And God's love is lavish on us. All these things that we, preach about and talk about to describe God's love. Um, like that, that's all very poetic and, and beautiful. So what like tangibly does that look like? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, there's this, yeah. there's, there is this nuance to, to not like, a, like saying, Hey, like God has such a better 
plan for you or mm-hmm. s- something like this isn't how God intended mm-hmm. any of this to be mm-hmm. um, with, with, with what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's and tricky. It's just it sounds like another lead pastor question. Uh, yes. What it's a it whole like? approach to, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think back to the approaches to evangelism when I was first learning how to lead somebody to Christ, it was get them to admit how much of a sinner they are. That's the first step. Take them to Romans chapter three, verse 23, all have sinned. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Romans six twenty three. because of your sin, you deserve death. Like that right. was the approach. And then mm-hmm. I learned a different approach more along the lines of maybe John three sixteen is a better place to start right. for God. So love the world. God loves you. You know, God has a great plan for your life. Like mm-hmm. let's go there first. Let's, yeah. let's start there. But we can't have salvation without repentance either. So we got right. we, we can't. I and mean, we just finished a series in Second Peter yeah. talking about the justice of God in chapter two. It's like God is a just God. Sin must be punished. Yeah. So yeah. that's well, it's I think that starts with like the church as well. Like how that's communicated from the platform, how that is like lived and you know conversated from the like pastoral leadership like all that like i think is a huge indicator of well hey like where does humility come into play and how are like i think all of that just speaks to like we're right. talking about like church mm-hmm. stuff the right? bigger like, the bigger yeah. discussion's been is the church known for what they're against or for what they're for yeah, and mm-hmm. and that's been a thing for a long time going on but churches like i grew up in knew it was about what we were against more mm-hmm. than, you know, and, and sometimes people say, why don't you speak out more against this and against this? Don't you agree that that's wrong? And that's, I say, yeah, I do, but that's not necessarily the, the, the mode, the mode that I want to be and known for what I'm against, even though if, yeah, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says and what the Bible teaches about mm-hmm. that. But I believe our approach should be love first. Mm-hmm. So it's good. I mean, yeah, I think that was Jesus's approach, right? Right. Uh, he he loved, but he did it with grace and truth, right? And those three things were done equally, and mm-hmm. and, and it's you know you can't really have one without the other. So, yeah. um, I've been reading a book recently, uh, last couple of weeks about it's really an in depth look at uh, the Garden of Eden and the fall mm-hmm. and all of those types of things and what was broken when, um, you know, Adam and Eve sinned and sin entered the world and all of those things. Um, and one of the things that the author is really strong about is the language used for humanity. Yeah, we, we know we were created in the image of God, but the language used in Genesis 1, um, calling us to rule and reign and subdue and all these things, like it's very bold and big language for what people are supposed to do. And he even walks it to the step of, you know, we're as Christians, as Christ followers, if, if you know, Eden was still happening to this day, we would be creating culture. Because we are the image of the, you know, creator of the universe. Like we would be the ones driving those things forward. And I just think that's become broken in a way. I mean, obviously oh, it has. No, yeah. I, I, yeah, and I'm talking to like the worship side of me now. Like I think we serve the most creative, awesome, bold, like vibrant, mm-hmm. colorful God. I mean, he, he's incredibly created all this. Mm-hmm. And I think our services and our like, worship times should reflect that. Yeah. And it's a shame that we are playing catch up with other yeah. venues or, and you say the production word and people just like get turned off. Yeah. Right. But like, that's amazing. That's right. incredible. Yeah. And it can draw people in and help people be engaged. Right. And it's a shame that it seems like some churches are trying to play catch up to some of that creative elemental yeah. 
stuff then right. i think we, it would be great if we could be in the forefront yeah what if we were driving it what know? if and that's yeah. kind of the point that the author makes in this book and it's just been challenging yeah. me a lot because it's like man what would that look like if we were really in tune with mm. the god that created yeah us? i think sycamore mm. creek should start a virtual reality worship experience <laughs> and everyone should get <laughs> i think we're doing that they're watching church at home now anyway right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no you're like, under your virtual. pews and like, put the glasses on and <laughs> yeah what would that be like? Be Jared up close, right there. Oh man, yeah, there you go. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Wow. Um, yeah. So let's go back to this. This kind of the last big thing that I have um, on this topic, but this idea that everything is spiritual because mm. that gets thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is spiritual. Everything is sacred. Everything can be, you know, blah blah blah. Um, let's just kind of weigh in on how we feel about that. I think the the reason why this maybe this isn't the reason why people interpret it when it gets used so much, but the reason why this kind of started was um, the way I heard it was, you know, if Jesus was asked, oh, how's your spiritual life? Um, You know, I forget who it was, but they kind of said he'd be a little bit confused by that question because he didn't have a spiritual life. He had a Mm -hmm. life that was so close with God that everything was spiritual. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where this idea started. Um, But I think it's kind of turned into, oh, everything I do is sacred and spiritual and things like that. So I want to hear your guys' (laughs) (laughs) But I want to hear your guys' kind of opinions and weigh in on this idea because I do think it's something that we hear a lot. and, you know, how much truth does this have? Is the original statement of the fact that Jesus probably would be kind of like my spiritual life, and my regular life are just one. Is that true? Is that not true? Um, wh- what are your guys kind of thoughts on this idea that mm. everything is spiritual, everything can be spiritual? I don't know. I think it can be. I think it's another one of those when it, I don't remember the first person, the first pastor who ever wrote a book about that. I, there was one. I, mm. I don't know if it was Rob Bell, but I, I, f- I feel like I remember that. But I, I think it's like another hot take, you know, it's just another way of saying something. And sometimes yeah. we get caught up in another hot take or new semantics for a phrasing that everybody c- catches on with. But I think we know what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, it goes back to the point of our podcast is about we can see God working in all things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we how do we do that? I mean, how do we make everything spiritual? This table spiritual. I mean, right. the water we just drank from is right. spiritual. Where's the line? I mean, the Atlanta Braves making the World Series, that's definitely spiritual. Jared's having a Jared's spiritual experience spiritual, yeah. this last week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it can be overplayed a little bit, overstated. Yeah, sure. yeah How do you feel? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same thing. No, I agree. I, I do think there's there's this fine line that you can overstep. And like you said, now literally everything is spiritual. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, I don't know yeah. about that. But, um, but I do think the original idea is true. I think that mm. Jesus lived in a way that, you know, his life was so consistent mm-hmm. um, that he probably, you know, we do ask that question. Oh, how's your spiritual, how's your walk mm-hmm. with God, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and Jesus would have kind of been like, that's just yeah, the way I live. Yeah, the right? point is, I think, like how we treat our spouses and how we treat our kids and how we interact with people yeah. and the way we go about our daily business, that is all, that can all be spiritual. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think that's what the point is, yeah. is the way we live every second of our life. Which I think is Paul's point in First Corinthians ten thirty one, right? Yeah, everything, everything you do, do right. it all for the glory of right. God, right? right? Everything can be an opportunity to glorify God. I really do believe that. Um, and so, for those of us listening, or for those listening, um, just the way we can kind of land this, let's kind of transition into what that looks like to give God glory in everything that we do. Um, you know, let's say that we are on social media, mm-hmm. right? And we do uh, see that new trend, or we hear that new song, or we we hear that new Adele song, whatever, or we go see that new movie. I know Dune's pretty popular right now, mm-hmm. but um, how can we glorify God in those mundane things? 
uh, because I think maybe, you know, we can sit here, especially as pastors and say, yeah, you know, everything we do is, it can be spiritual and we should be thinking about God and blah, blah, blah. But let's speak to the people listening who, okay, well, I work a nine to five job and, you know, I don't feel very spiritual when I'm there, right? Like I, I'm, I'm an accountant. I'm this, I'm, you know, like how can I glorify God in what I do? You know, I, I want to transition it into that for a moment um, because I think more people listening than not are not in the full-time ministry world, but they are in ministry, right? That's one thing we have to realize. Like you, you are doing ministry everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can we bring God glory in the mundane things of our day-to-day lives? That's kind of my last big thing here. Yeah, I, I think a part of it is not just like secluding yourself away from everything that's broken or let's mm-hmm. like, I don't think that's the answer. You yeah. know, I think, you know, God has called us to be like this, you know, light in the darkness. And so maybe it just looks like whether you're watching a movie, having this, well, hey, like what, like what, not just like consuming blankly, but watching it and saying like, hey, what, what is this saying? Or, right. oh man, this isn't life giving. Mm-hmm. Um, or listening to a song and, oh, like that's so much brokenness there. Right. Or um, you know, whatever like signs on like a billboard. Like, um, and so I, I think it's just, adopting this lens of like this kingdom kind of mindset Mm -hmm. um, that you filter Mm -hmm. information, you filter like what's happening around you with. Um, And that's, that's, that's what I try to do. So whether you're, um, you know, talking about entertainment, politics or um, podcasts, like whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like whether it's with your family, yeah. your spouse, like, well, hey, what did you, what did you think of that? Right. Or like, what's on the news? Like, hey, like what, like what's saying there? And I think mm-hmm. it's just having this lens of, of okay, the kingdom of God, and the Bible looks looks like this. Yeah. Does what we're consuming, or does what we're listening, watching, like, what, how does that speak to that? Yeah, sure. Is it moving people towards that? Is it not? Right. Um, and then how can I help? shape conversations yeah. um, with students or adults or right. um, your, your kids. Like, hey, you guys went and watched, I don't know, Deadpool. Right. I know it was like <laughs> forever ago, but like, right. hey, like was was that something maybe we should have <laughs> like right, talked right. about? Right, or right. Um, yeah. I, I think it just can open <clears throat> for conversations. Yeah. Um, I, I think I it would. goes back to the imagery that you guys had earlier of kind of this whirlpool, right? But mm-hmm. the middle of it, what you're tethered to is scripture. So then and if everything else that's kind of happening you, around you and being thrown at you, all this stuff, pulling at you, your tether, your your chain, I guess you're still like, okay, I'm on scripture. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take everything back through that lens, that filter, that focus of scripture and say, okay, wh- how does it line up with this? How does it, you know, is it life-giving or is it making me question things? Is it, you know... <laughs> affecting my relationship with Jesus? Like, you know, I think all those questions are valid. What would you say? Um, this same kind of thing. How do yeah, we- it was the thing with the word conversation was the word that I was thinking too. It's just, it's about having conversations about it, not being, I think, uh, know-it-all coming across that way. is like, mm-hmm. I have the answers. I'm going to tell you the answers. Yeah. I see people post on Facebook something wrong. It's my job to go quote scripture to them and put mm-hmm. the right answer out there. From, I don't right. think that, you know, and yeah. embracing culture. I mean, like, it's funny because two of the, most popular shows on Netflix or series, I think, was Squid Game and mm-hmm. um, The Maid. Mm-hmm. And uh, Davi told me uh, to watch that. So my wife and I watched that. And man, you know what that did, The Maid, not Squid Game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tried, but anyway. But what that did, though, is just made us just feel so sad and think about how mm-hmm. many women go through that abuse where maybe they weren't hit, but they right. were 
abused and then they're on their own trying to make it. And it's such a struggle. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just thinking about putting yourself in that place. How would Jesus treat somebody like that? What should we do? Yeah. I mean, that's the yep. thing. I think that's not just for pastors, though. That's for right. everybody that's yeah, listening. Right. That's yes. a believer. Yeah. You yeah. should be thinking about everything and how, like, maybe not every conversation goes spiritual, but it can. Right. right? It's, yeah. it's more than media, too. It's it's relationships. Mm-hmm. It's, like, how you conduct yourself at work. And yeah. if, if we as pastors or people living can begin to filter everything that they do in their life through this lens of, mm-hmm. well, hey, like, man, is, uh, is this drawing people towards the kingdom and yeah. am I able to to show love, joy, peace, like the fruits of the kingdom of God in me, the fruits of the spirit in me is like, is this relationship life giving? Is this relationship honoring God is mm-hmm. how I treat uh, my, you know, the people that work for me at work yeah. or how yeah. I, you know, talk to my boss at work. Like, a, mm-hmm. like all of it's, it's more than just movies and Adele. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's everything. It's, it's everything. Right. How do I talk to my spouse right. or kids? And if, and right. if we can, all of us, filter these things, whatever you eat, drink, whatsoever you do, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, is this giving God, God glory? Right. Um, that's exegeting the zeitgeist because yep. that's what's happening. That's what's right. trending in your heart and your yeah. life, right? right. right? That's, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, yeah. That's what we want. And it, right. it sounds, I can go back to the very beginning, right? She's probably, you know, a little bow on what we're doing here. But if we can get everyone to kind of filter, and I guess that's another way to say it, like filtering what's happening to you in the lens yeah. of, of God. Yeah. Um, then I think then we've done our part because right. we can't right. do right. it for people. Yeah. We can say, Hey, this is, you know, what, what God, you know, says. And yeah. so right. we're praying for you to do the right thing. That's right. I mean, <laughs> Good I luck. everybody out there, I think you said it well, it's like we um, talk a lot about media, but it is about the relationships that people are dealing with every day. And mm-hmm. I have a 13 year old son still at home. So it's a lot of conversation about, what happened with this relationship? Yeah. What happened with another one? And how yeah. did you handle that? What did you think about that? And then he's yeah. watching me right. and handling, just even going through a drive-thru and then, you know, the way the world is right now, they're out of this, they're out of that. Yeah. We don't have that today. Our machine's down. Of course mm-hmm. it is. And I like watch my responses and think, wait a minute, that's not that person's yeah, fault. For sure. right. You know, and I want to, you know, demonstrate <laughs> and act like yeah. I should act as Christ would want me and to. And then as, you know, go to lead minute, like, what does finances look like? How do we filter like so? It, it's more yeah. than just relationships. It's yeah. finances. It's politics. Yeah, I mean all Let's the conversations yeah. in the world today it's in all things, right? Yeah, it's, like you know, I really have so is. many people in my life that are on all ends of the spectrum, and a lot of people just assume that everybody that's a Christian is on the same mm-hmm. <laughs> same wavelength, and they're right. not. Yeah. Correct. In different areas, different arenas, and how mm-hmm. we talk about those things, it's so delicate. And yeah, yeah. what would Jesus say in those situations? Yeah. I mean, right. I, it's such a simple idea, but WWJD really does speak mm. to this idea. You know, yeah. like it's funny how that works. Like something so simple that was I so know. popular for so long, it it still speaks mm. to a conversation even about culture and zeitgeist. You know, like I think if that's the response, it just changes a lot. Mm. Um, and I, I, you know, instead of looking at that person in your life who maybe is making some wrong decisions or going down the wrong path, instead of looking at them like, man, you know, they're so bad, they're so sinful, blah, blah, blah. Maybe your heart breaks for them now and you say, man, what would Jesus do for this person? Because the lens of Jesus is everything is redeemable. Mm-hmm. You know, everything can be used for the glory of God. So yeah. any closing right. thoughts from either of you? That'll any? preach, man. <laughs> yeah. Did you this go where you thought it would today? Yeah, this is good. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, well, Chase, thank you so much for uh, making the drive out here. Oh, my gosh, of course. Um, yeah. 
we're going to buy you some lunch. So let's oh, go do that'd that. Be great. But <laughs> yeah, Mitch, thank you. Pastor yes, Steve, hey, thank th- you, sir, yeah. so much. Thank you for pleasure. coming. I yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, man. I'll have to do this again yeah. next year. Yeah. Shouts to Davi and Jared out there. Thank yep. you both. Thanks, yeah, guys. There's that's good these work. guys. They're going to yep. go edit over the next couple of days. So thanks. Cool. Yeah, we get um, to have all the fun. They do all the work. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I like that work. That's, yeah, that's you know. fun. well. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening or watching or however you're doing this. Um, we'll see you next week on the In All Things podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the In All Things podcast. Our challenge for you today is to send this episode to one person. Seriously, think of somebody right now that could use this conversation and send it to them. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic ideas, please send them to podcast at sycamorecreek.org. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sycamore Creek Church so that you can always see what's going on in our world. If this conversation helped you at all, make sure you share it, leave a review, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single episode. We love you, God loves you, and we'll see you next week on the In All Things podcast.